This episode is sponsored by Purpose Driven University, five courses and one school, all about the book writing process and beyond. Hey, it's your girl, Leah M. Forney, seven-time published author and the founder of Purpose Driven University. As a seven-time published author, I understand how frustrating the book writing process can be. That's why I created Purpose Driven University. Each course is a building block for your book writing journey. So if you need help getting started, check out our fundamentals course. Already have a manuscript but don't know what to do next? Check out our logistics course. No matter where you are in your book writing journey, Purpose Driven University has a course for you. So check us out and enroll today. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Leah M. Forney, back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, we are in the month of May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It is also National Masturbation Month. And so, listen, we're talking about all things mental health, all things sex life, how to heal, how to improve your mental health, all that good stuff here in season two at Hey Queen Thrive. You know, May is one of my favorite months here at Hey Queen Thrive. <laughs> so, listen, I'm so excited about this particular guest right now that I'm going to have on um, this episode. Listen, I was on her podcast. She is a fellow podcaster as well. Um, And I was on her podcast a few months ago called The Purple Butterfly. Definitely make sure you check it out. Um, But we had such a great conversation about healing, right? And going on this healing journey. And so many of you may or may not know, 2021, I spent the whole year really doing some deep diving and healing for some things. And one of the things that I had to heal was the inner girl in me, the little girl in me who was abandoned by her parents, right? Because she was necessary. She was silenced. You know, I didn't necessarily acknowledge her. I didn't do the necessary work at the time that I needed to, um, to finally give her a voice and to let her know that she was worthy and that she was loved. And so I spent 2021 really doing that in a work, man. And it was, it was so worth it. It was hard, but it was worth it. And so that's what we're talking about on this episode. We're talking about your own healing journey and mental health and why it's so important to go on this journey, especially in the black and brown community, right? Because we tend to like avoid therapy like the play. And I and I must say, I'm I'm proud to see the shift in that, right? I'm proud to see how black and brown people are really starting to um embrace mental health and embrace therapy. Definitely I think COVID shined a major light on what has always been a mental health crisis here in the United States of America. Um but I love that I'm starting to see more conversations about mental health. I'm starting to see um, black and brown people really saying, you know what, it's time for me to go sit on somebody's couch (laughs) and really dive into this journey. Um, It's amazing to see. I I know as a clinician myself, I, my, my calendar gets booked. (laughs) I get a lot of clients um, that are battling, you know, they're, they're on their own journey to healing those childhood traumas, to healing from those ACEs, you know, that adverse childhood experiences, um, heal, just healing in general so that they come out better people and, and not bitter. You know, that's one of my, my sayings. I always say when I pray, I always ask God, let me be better, not bitter, right? Because life has a way, man. It has a way of making you bitter, right? And so it's it's work that you have to do in order to go from bitter to better, right? And so that's what we're talking about on this episode. Um, I'm so excited to sit down with the lovely, the beautiful Danielle Turner, man. We have so much to talk about. We had an amazing, amazing conversation. Definitely grab your paper and pen, your favorite drink, and tune in because you definitely don't want to miss this one. And so you already know I will be back with Thriving Nuggets. What's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family? Listen, I'm so excited about this guest, y'all. She is so dope. First of all, I was on her podcast, so I had to make sure she came on my podcast because that's what podcasters do. Hello. But it is (laughs) the one, the only Danielle Turner. What's going on, girl? Hey, thank you for having me. Listen, I'm just so excited to sit down and have this conversation. So tell the people about yourself. Hi, so I'm Danielle Turner. I am a licensed clinical social worker and self-care coach. I am the owner and CEO of Inner Youth Clinical Services, LLC. 
And, and in that capacity, I provide uh, individual and group mental health services for adults. I'm that. also a psychiatric clinician for one of the area hospitals, uh, a podcast host of the Purple Butterfly podcast. Yeah. And as of tomorrow, I will be a published author. So come on in here. <laughs> Do, y'all hear, Do y'all hear the resume? I'm just saying, like, I only bring the best of the best to hate Queen Drive. Y'all should know this by now. So t- I have this question because I asked all my experts this. In your opinion, what does it mean to be a queen that's thriving? In my opinion, a queen that's thriving is someone who is authentically taking care of themselves. Mm, They are taking care of themselves, mind, body, spirit. They are setting boundaries. They are saying no, because I'm a firm believer. No is a whole complete sentence. And it is okay to say no. I don't have to explain. The answer is no, period, the end. Um, A queen that's thriving is handling her business. she's making sure that she's on point you Mm -hmm. know to the best of her ability she's she's taking life's challenges as they go yeah you know and kind of figuring out how to navigate them because at the end of the day we all have challenges there are Mm -hmm. always going to be things that are going to pop up it's how you handle them that matters listen listen we can stop the whole conversation there because she said that she know how to say no like no, no. I see you trying to tell people if y'all having a hard time saying no, practice it. No, right? Exactly. With no explanation, right? It's a complete exactly. Like, I don't need to tell you why I said no, just know I said no, right? Let's, we just going to help the people. Then she said, you know, they taking care of themselves, mind, body, and spirit. Like, that means you you practicing self-care. Yes. And you putting that phone on, do not disturb. Yes. And you telling them people, like, you're going to be all right, figure it out while I go get me together. Yes. (laughs) Like, come on in here. I call those mic drops. I hate Queen Thrive because honey, these people need it. They need it. They need to understand that self-care is critical. Like if you're not good, how in the world are you going to be good for somebody else? Exactly. And I don't feel we do enough self-care and that's the problem. We like dibble dally with it. We do it for a little bit, but then we're not really consistent. And without consistency, you're going to slide back. And so you have to be consistent. You have to have a plan. You have to know what self-care looks like for you because what it is for me is going to be different for you. And for, you know, everyone's going to have their own things that they enjoy doing. So you got to have a plan. And when we don't have a plan, then we stop, we fall off. And then there we go, right back down the rabbit hole. Help the people tonight. Just help them because <laughs> did you hear that? Have a plan. What does it look like for you? Because I tell you, people be doing like, well, I just did with mama and them. No, that's what works for mama and them. Exactly. What works for you. Exactly. I love it. I love exactly. it. Love it. So season two, God told me we focus it on purpose this season. Okay. So talk to us about your journey to discovering your life's purpose. So I um had some mental health challenges uh, about 10 years ago. And um, I went to therapy because I needed the help. Um, But no one looked like me. They didn't understand me. They didn't validate me. Like they didn't get it, you know? And it was like, okay, well, if you're saying that you're depressed, then how are you telling me that you went and you was, you know, playing spades and right. Uno on Friday night with, with the family? Right. Or how is it that you come in here and you still look put together? And last week your hair was, was purple, but this week is, is uh, blonde. And then, so they just didn't understand. And there were certain things that I had to explain to them. Mm. Um, and so despite the fact that I got the help I needed at the time, it still didn't feel like it was enough yeah. for me. So yeah. I still, I still had struggles over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me about six years to really find a therapist that really worked for me. Yeah. Um, but I specifically looked for another black woman who was in mm-hmm. around my age, yeah. um, who, you know, lived in the area. Cause I, I'm, I'm very big on being relatable. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of my clients that I have, we, we go to the same places. Be like, girl, you went to brunch at this place and did you go shopping here? And, you know, yeah. so because I think that that's important because as a therapist, you have to um, people have to know that you're a human. Yeah. 
And so I specifically looked for someone who was a human per se Mm -hmm. and who I could relate to. Um, And so because I wasn't, because I didn't feel that I was being validated when I was in that situation, I decided that I needed to leave my career in child protection, which I had worked for for about 17 years at that point and branch out and start working with adults. Mm -hmm. And so I went over to a area hospital and again, I'm now the therapist who's not connecting with their clients because Mm -hmm. I'm not what they need either. And so, you know, in the encouragement of some family members, I started interview clinical services because I wanted women specifically in the the area that I live in to be able to come and be able to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. have someone that validates them, someone that can understand someone that they could laugh with, cry with, you know, and just be themselves with and get the healing that they needed. So my, my purpose kind of came along because I felt like what I needed, I wanted to give to someone else. Yeah. I love that. You know, representation so matters, especially in the mental health um, sector, you know, I ha- can relate, you know, I, when I first started therapy, I had a white therapist and she mm-hmm. was great. Don't get me wrong. She was great, mm-hmm. but it was just certain things that I knew I couldn't talk to her about exactly because she wasn't going to get it. Right. Exactly. And so now I have a black female therapist that I could be like, girl, let me just tell you about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she going to understand Exactly. She's going to read it between the lines and then, like she's going to know what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. And I didn't realize how important representation was because it's not many of us that are out here in this field. You know, no. we need more of us in these fields. And then, like you said, when you go into these hospital sectors and these other sectors, like you're probably like one out of oh, like the only the only person of color in my whole building. The only yeah. You know what? I take that back. There are there are some uh, Latino and Hispanic employees, but I am the only African American yeah. in the building. Yeah, you you just don't find too many. So I love that your purpose came from your own experiences because I think that's the reason why many of us get in mental health. Like I know for me, when I started in the field almost ten years ago, I just wanted to fix my dysfunctional family. That's mm-hmm. truly why I got in it. I was like, Jesus, we about to go to school. We gonna learn these tools because I'm fix them, you know. And in my career and in my schooling, I learned that's not even my job. You know, exactly. one of my really great instructors, my professor Armstrong she was like you know always remember it's your client's life like they know ultimately where they want to end up your job as the clinician as a therapist is to just help guide them there they know where they're going yeah they are the experts of their life right Mm -hmm. and when I learned that and I started to apply it to my own family it was like wait hold up hold up sis hold up bro that's your life Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know you know what you want to do. You know how you're going to get there. Like, I'm not trying to fix you. Because I really thought for a long time that that was a therapist's job. Like, we're supposed to fix everything. Nope. It's not my not job. Not at all. Not at all. And then you you end up putting in more energy than the person that you're mm-hmm. trying to fix. Because if they're not ready, you're running in circles and they just sitting back chilling. Like, I'm good. I'm okay in this dysfunction. You right. the one that doesn't like it. I'm, I'm okay with it. Listen, you ain't never lied. They do because they don't see there's anything wrong with what they're doing. Exactly. Even if you hold up the mirror and you're like, so you don't know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't see that. You don't. They, they like, nah, it works for me. It might not work for you, but it works for me. Exactly. And, and it's dysfunctional, but we know that it's just the person ain't ready to accept that. So, yeah, I I love that. So I want to talk about black and brown communities because I feel like we're seeing a shift. Tell me Mm -hmm. if you see this shift, because we started off where black people was like, ain't nobody going to therapy. We don't do that. We pray about everything (laughs) and then Jesus don't fix it. Right. Like we started there and then something happened. COVID came around and we had, I, you know, I call it this tale of the two pandemics because then we had black and brown people getting killed. Yeah. You know, right. And this collective trauma happened. And all of a sudden, Black people were just like, you know, maybe I need to go to therapy. (laughs) Like, maybe I need to go work through some things. Like, 
why do you think that is? Like, why do you think all of a sudden there's been this shift of like Black people now really ready to embrace therapy? I think just like you said, because there's been two pandemics in the last, what, two to three years. So we were kind of forced to now be home and sit with ourselves. And a lot of times when we want, when we don't want to deal with something, what do we do? We're going to go out. We're going to go spend money. We're going to mm-hmm. go drinking. We're going to be at the, mm-hmm. the party. So we're distracting ourselves with all these things yeah. so that we don't have to think about our issues. But now guess what? Nothing is open. Mm-hmm. The restaurants are closing at five. So guess what? You, mm-hmm. you have to be home. You know, and so I think that it was a matter of people realizing like, wait a minute, I got to sit with myself. And now I also have to deal with my kids Mm -hmm. and my significant other. If I have one, we're all in this house where maybe we've been separated and the kids are at school and you are at work and, you know, Mm -hmm. your significant others wherever. And now we are all stuck together. Yeah. And I feel like that brought up a lot of things for people. And I feel like uh, the pandemic as far as COVID was very scary and it Mm -hmm. still is very scary. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, when we didn't know what was happening, everything was changing every single day. I mean, it's still changing every other day, in my opinion, (laughs) but but it was, it was an unknown. And so I feel like that gave us a lot of anxiety too. And then, right. When we talk about George Floyd, Mm -hmm. you know, and Aubrey, you know, and now we, as a, a, people of color now we have all this other trauma on top Mm -hmm. of us and now we're we're thinking about all the way back to slave days yeah you know because it's bringing up all of that history and all that trauma and yeah I feel like people just like I can't handle all this I can't hold all this inside of me anymore I have to let it out I have to let it out and I also think that a lot of um stars famous Mm -hmm. people in the black community have been speaking out more as well. And I feel like that has helped too. Yeah, I feel like definitely the, the celebrities because like Taraji P. Henson mm-hmm. and all of them that started really talking about it. I think it normalized that like, yes. yo, it's okay if you're battling depression. It's okay if you have anxiety. You know, I tell people I work in the field and I trust me, the top of COVID, girl, I was anxious. What? I didn't know if I was coming or going. And mm-hmm. then- you know, go from that routine of getting out the house every day and going to the office. And then now they're like, no, everybody go home and stay home. And then Mm -hmm. I'm in these same four walls and I'm just like, Jesus is caving in on me. Like Mm -hmm. what's going on? Right. And then, like you said, you tack that on to George Floyd Mm -hmm. and watching this man get murdered. Mm-hmm. And then you tap into Breonna Taylor. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know for me as a Black woman, it was this, this anxiety of like, yo, I could easily be her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Especially if you live alone. Like, it was this exactly. feeling of like, that could easily be me. And then mm-hmm. the anxiety around that. And then not necessarily knowing who was my ally, who had my back, you know, because they, people, you know, them white folks, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. talk a good one, you know, exactly. but they, they didn't necessarily back it up. So I think all of that combined really had us to realize that it's okay to talk about what you're going through. And mm-hmm. even more so now, like, I feel like just in the last couple of days of two people ki- committing suicide. I know, I know, so sad. Right. And it's sparking another conversation around suicidal ideations that I feel like would probably never had happened if these love these lives did not. And it yes. just so happened to be black and brown people. And now after black and brown communities are like, wait, I have had suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and all these things. You know, I just recently back in December, one of my really dear friends, I'm not literally we went to school together from elementary to high school. He took his life. Mm-hmm. And I was completely in utter shock when I got the call. I'm like, wait, hold up, pause. Because he had like the wife, the four kids, the booming business. It just didn't make no sense to me. None of that matters. When you're dealing with someone who is suicidal, it's not necessarily a matter that they don't want to live. It's they don't want that pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they feel like they're pushed against the wall because how am I going to stop these emotions? How am I going to stop this pain that I'm feeling than to not be here? Now I feel like I'm a burden Mm -hmm. on my family. And so they're probably better off without me. You know, like, so you start to have those thoughts 
unfortunately, even though your family is supporting you, they're loving on you, they're caring about you, you know, you can do something to stop that pain. You may not know how. And so yeah. your first thought is, I just, I don't need to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because I think that's one of the misconceptions around suicide is that, oh, they didn't care. They were selfish. And it's like, no, nah, they were in pain. Exactly. And we, and really, if you be honest, and I tell people all the time, you have been in that place. Like you have had something, some experience in your life that has put you in that really dark space. The Mm -hmm. difference between me, you and anybody else is that I might've held on to just a little glimmer of hope. Whereas that individual that made that decision, they were just tapped out of hope. It was like, yeah, I don't got nothing else. I got nothing. Mm -hmm exactly that's the only difference but you know what it's like to feel that level of discouragement that level of pain to the point of like well maybe I shouldn't because right we've experienced it right right because oh. it's not really the thought necessarily is what you do with the thought yeah it's the is what matters right exactly and so are you going to allow that thought to sit in spiral or are you going to have that thought do something about it, move mm-hmm. through it, you know, and, and do something positive, or are you going to sit with it and just let it sit and sit and fester? Yeah. And that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, I, I agree. So I got to ask, how important is it, particularly for Black and Brown communities to really heal from their traumas? I think it is probably the number one top priority that we need to do because for, for me, I feel like our trauma starts as a, as a child, mm-hmm. you know, when your mom has to go to work and now you got the key around your neck, you know, and you got to mm-hmm. go in the house and let yourself in. And maybe you got to take care of your siblings and now, you know, take the, make sure you take the chicken out. So it can start the, the cooking before I yeah. get home and put this laundry in that is where our trauma really starts because now as children, we're taking on adult responsibilities Mm -hmm. instead of just being a child. And now we may be tired. We are, you know, we at school, the teacher yelling at us because we don't have a pencil. And all you saying is I am so tired. I've been up all night. I didn't have to help my mother, sister, brother, whomever. And now this teacher is in here yelling at me. So guess what? Now I'm going to act out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it just starts just a snowball effect. And so I feel like if we don't heal that inner child Mm. and really heal those those beliefs that we have in our subconscious that we don't even know are there, whether they're good or distorted, Mm -hmm. if we don't heal those, then we now become adults who Mm -hmm. can't navigate the world appropriately. Listen, and I feel like we have so many of those. I I truly, I tell people all the time, I think that COVID was such a blessing and a curse because it definitely shined a light on the mental health crisis here in America. Yes, yes. Like a big, huge light, like, hello, this is what you're dealing with, Um, right? And everything you said is, because we don't talk about the latchkey kid. We don't talk about the kid that literally had to be an adult Mm -hmm. when they were just a child. Exactly. And we don't talk about that impact of like, especially the older sibling having to be the second parent. Like, that's exactly. not my job. I was just mm-hmm. supposed to be big bra, big sis. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. We, we don't talk about it. And I do agree that until you heal that inner child, especially someone who's been on that journey and has done that work, then like life for me is so much clearer now than it was before because I I didn't even recognize that she even existed one right and <laughs> when I finally did like she had all these issues and she was just like yeah we got some things we got to unpack so I wholeheartedly agree with you on that so I want to talk to you about this self-care coach because you became the <laughs> self-care coach so talk to us about that like where did the inspiration for that come from Again, it started with my own mental health challenges, you know, back in 2012, you know, I also was in a suicidal place and I had Mm -hmm. an intent and I had a plan and it was just a matter of time. And so I needed to learn how to take care of myself and put myself first Mm -hmm. before anyone else. And so I see the value in self-care. And I, my mission is that I, even if I just help one person, understand the importance of taking care of themselves then I feel like I did my job 
you yeah. know? And so my, my purpose was, I, I saw the purpose in it. I saw how it helped me and I want others to also have that, that same experience yeah. because we don't, we don't do it enough. We really don't. We think taking a shower is self-care. That is a basic everyday necessity. It really right. is. And right. so, you know, when we say, oh, well, I took a, a bubble bath, which is nothing wrong with that by any means, if that's what you do to relax, but that's, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be, be taking a shower. Yeah. That's, that may not necessarily be self-care, but I feel like we've been so programmed, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. with society that just those basic deeds, like I sat down and I ate. I didn't mm. eat while I was driving, you know, I didn't eat while I was standing up or I didn't eat while the TV was on, you know, and just those things are what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And yes, that is taking care of ourselves, but self-care is so much more. Yeah. That. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Cause I think those are just the basics, right? Mm-hmm. When we think of Manslow's hierarchy of needs, like <laughs> the basics, right? Like, yes, you're supposed to have food, water, and shelter exactly kind of the basics right it's more and I agree like we don't do enough you know I when I felt like my self-care journey got better when I started to love myself yes because for a long time I felt like they were like two completely opposite ends and Mm -hmm. I was compartmentalizing them and when I realized that they go hand in hand and that the more that I love Leah the more I'm going to take care of her. Exactly. And I didn't realize that until I was in my own journey. And I was like, wait, this goes hand in hand because when you really love something and you really value something and you cherish something, you take care of it. Exactly. Exactly. I Mm -hmm. love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. So we got to talk about this author. (laughs) Listen, y'all know I love me some authors here. (laughs) Bless Not Broken. Anthology Volume Four. It pre-sales drop tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm so excited. If you don't know about this anthology, it's by the visionary author Tamara Mitchell Davis. Shout yes. out to my Yay, sis Tamara. Killing She's the, amazing. Listen, killing the game. So, talk to us about what made you, what inspired you to be a part of this new book. So, I. I wanted to, one of my goals it was to become an author because yeah. one of the other things that I do, which I forgot to even talk about, because I don't really do it too much, that much, is I do clinical content writing for other mental health practitioners. Mm. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I need to be an author so that I can leverage that, right? And yeah. say, okay, well, I am a published author. So, hey, let me, you know, write your blog posts or let mm-hmm. me do some social media posts for you. Um, and so that's kind of where the thought around becoming an author even started for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but then after meeting with Tamara, it became more of, okay, this is more, this is more than that for me. This is about telling my journey on how I went from wanting to not be here to taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I saw the value in that self-care. I saw the value in learning to love myself. I saw the value in de- uh, challenging those distorted thoughts, patterns yeah. that I had about myself and the world. Yeah. You know? And so for me, it then became, like I said, this journey um, to, to tell my story and to help someone else who is in my shoes or who have been in my shoes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm very excited. And it's always been a dream of mine to be Mm -hmm. an an author. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited. Listen, I'm excited Uh, for you. I, you know, I watched Tamara start this anthology from the first one. I wrote the fourth for the second one that hit Amazon. But like, she just has a way of doing anthologies and she has a way of helping the writer transform you know Mm -hmm. and me and her have had so many conversations as public authors about you know we write and we tell our stories for other people but there's this transformation that happens to the writer there's this like confidence that you all of a sudden get this this like there's something that just changes about you that you're like oh wait I got this like you know like (laughs) I and it's funny because like I say to people now like I could be like yeah been there done that wrote a book about it like you should go get it you know what I mean it's like I've lived it but there's something about when you're that unapologetic 
about your story and you realize that like and this is a lesson I learned that trauma is a part of the story it's not the whole story exactly mm-hmm. that it frees you right and mm-hmm. then you just get to walk into this boldness and this confidence like yep this is what I do mm-hmm. and then it helps you to connect with those that are looking for you in the first place right but because mm-hmm. you were so afraid to like tell the story like they didn't know you existed so I'm, I'm excited for you like <laughs> I'm you. so excited <laughs> It also allows you to be vulnerable, which is something that's not, you know, that's not my top of my list, you know, to just pour out everything to everybody, you know, and so now this, this story and this journey that I've been on that a lot of people in my immediate circle didn't even know how bad the depression was for me at one point, you know, and so it's allowed me to be vulnerable, you know, I shed some tears Mm. while, you know, writing it. You know, I had to come bring, bring some things up that I might've have been buried, you know? So yeah, it was a journey. That's for sure. Listen, I always (laughs) tell people writing is so therapeutic, man. Like every time I I have sit down and write a book, it just, it brings back some memories and, and it also shows you the places that maybe you thought you got over, but you ain't really get over. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Cause I I know I wait. Yeah, process this when I go to therapy next week. <laughs> Seriously, like I have written books where I'm like, you know, I thought I got over that, and then it hurt nope. like it did the first time it happened. But it's something about when you get on that other side and you get in that heal place, and then you can write it from a heal place. That is mm-hmm. just it's so beautiful. Like I, I just love it. So I'm so excited for you. Check that goal off the list. Check. <laughs> so 2022 is here. Yes, 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 yes. Any goals for 2022? So I have, I not only do I have blessed, not broken, but I also just created the ultimate interview self-care workbook. Woo, I love it. So um, it's a 60-day workbook full of activities and daily journal prompts, daily self-care journaling. Um, So that should be out in the next like week or two as well. So I'll have some bundles. I also did a 2022 self-care calendar as well. So I just got some more of those in stock um, this week. So I'm going to try and do some bundling together for everyone to purchase kind of all three at the same time. Um, And just positioning myself more in the self-care arena, because again, I feel like that's very important. And I just want to be able to help others get to a place where they know what works for them, because that's Mm -hmm. important, you know, and can see the value in it and see the transformation by taking care of themselves, you know, and know that it's okay. Because a lot of times I I don't, we don't think it's okay Mm -mm. because we're so busy taking care of everything else. I'm mom, sister, I'm auntie, I'm I'm this, I'm an employer, I'm an employee, I'm CEO, I'm I'm a significant other, I'm all these things. But what about me? Mm -hmm. You know, it was crazy because the other day I was thinking, where was I at? And someone came up to me and was like, hey, aren't you Daryl's sister? Not are are you Danielle? You right, know? and it and it starts to make me think like I'm always somebody something, you know? You're yeah. Like, oh, aren't you David's daughter? Or hey, yeah. aren't you Quincy's mom? You know? Yeah. And so it's never like I'm Danielle. Yeah. You know? Or hey, aren't you the therapist? Or it's like so. I think sometimes we forget who we are mm-hmm. because we have all these other roles that we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. And so how are we taking care of ourselves? Because I don't even know who I am. The first of all, you, sir, that walked up to me didn't even know who I was. <laughs> yeah. You just knew that I was someone's sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but you didn't even know my name. So if you don't know my name, then that means that I'm not presenting myself as mm-hmm. Danielle. Mm-hmm. I'm presenting myself as someone's sister. And that's not, and which I love my, my brothers by all yeah. means, but I want to be Danielle. I don't yeah. want to be someone's sister you know? Woo. Listen, that is so good because I think that that has been my life for a very long time. And now that I'm in this place, it's like, yeah, please don't ask me if I'm related to my brothers and sisters. <laughs> like I'm just Leah. And it's so funny because I had that conversation with my best friend. Cause we were talking about, you know, these, these suicides. And I was like, you know, it's so important to have people in your life that you can just be you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to be the coach. 
exactly. don't have to be the therapist. I don't have to be the podcaster. I don't have to be the author. I could just exactly. be Leah. Exactly. I, I, it's so important to have that. And I was telling them, I said, I feel like, because so many people want the spotlight. And I tell people all the time, those that are really going after what God is calling them to, trust me, we are avoiding the spotlight. Like Who are you telling? I just want to be the producer in the background. <laughs> right. That's it. And right. like, you could be the superstar, but let me just be in the background. Right. Yeah. And we're mm-hmm. cool with that. Mm-hmm. And I tell people because the spotlight comes with so much scrutiny. It comes with so many people looking at your life, dissecting mm-hmm. your life. You know, the more people know your name, right? The more you're out there, the more they're like, oh, I know they yelled it. Like it, right. it becomes too much. And so if you aren't taking care of yourself, if you don't have that tribe where you can truly be very vulnerable with and be like, yo, I'm just not good. Mm-hmm. Like you can easily become one of these beloved ones that lo- like was just like, I'm done. Exactly. Easily. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yep. I love that you said that because we do, we wear so many hats and we make sure everybody else is straight. And mm-hmm. I told myself for me, 2022, self-care, self-love was a priority because mm-hmm. I had to take care of me, you know? And it, it, it starts off kind of weird because <laughs> you're like, mm, I don't know. What do I do? I don't know. <laughs> you know, but like I told, I did something that I probably would have never done, but like my birthday that passed, I sent myself flowers. Nice. And it was just, it was the weirdest thing. But like, I felt God was just like, send yourself some flowers. And then it was like, I'm doing it. And it's like, what do you want to say? And I'm like, I don't know. What to okay, say. but here's the bigger question. <laughs> did you pretend like you were surprised when they rang the doorbell? <laughs> I did. I did pretend like I was surprised. But it was so funny because when I really thought about what I wanted to say, I literally wrote, hello, gorgeous, may this year be full of joy and laughter and all of your heart's desires. I love it. And I literally was like, because you are worth it and deserve it. Oh, I love it. And that was, and when I read that card out loud, once it got there, it was just like, wow, like, (laughs) no, you really are. You really are worthy and deserving. And so now I'm like, you know what? At least once a month, I'm buying me some flowers. Hello. Hello. Mm-hmm. just because like, just because just to remind myself like you're deserving of this mm-hmm. and you don't need a partner and you don't need all these other people to recognize it you recognize exactly it. that's called what I call soul care and that's part of my workbook is not just taking care of the outside self but the inside that's yeah. soul care that you need to do and those are things that you need to do take yourself out to dinner If I sit around waiting for someone to go with me, I'll never get there. So guess what? I'm going because this is what I want to do. Listen. So date yourself, buy yourself those flowers, treat yourself just as well as if someone you wanted someone else dating you to treat you. Yeah. Because that essentially sets the tone for that person. Right. And then you're not like, I tell my friends, I'm like, y'all get too impressed easily. Like don't impress (laughs) me over here. Cause I, you want to take, oh, you want to go out to Outback? I could take myself to Outback. Like, <laughs> like certain things just don't impress me no more because I'm like, you know, I do this on a regular, right? Like my friends will be like, Leah, you always at somebody's bar, restaurant, something by yourself and is because I'm not waiting for nobody. I want to go there. So I'm going. Right. I'm going to go sit down and have me a drink. It's been a long week. Like, but people get impressed by those things. And I'm like, I do this on a regular. I think it's because people are very uncomfortable with being alone. And And that's what COVID showed us. Yes. And so they don't feel good at going out to eat by themselves Mm -hmm. or going to a movies by themselves because they're like, oh, this is something that we're supposed to do as a a two or four or, you know, like we're supposed to have someone with us. But why? First of all, I can't talk to you or I shouldn't be talking to you in a movie anyway. So. It's okay to be there by myself because I need to focus and watch the movie. Right. Uninterrupted. Exactly. Because I don't care to know. Did you see? No, I didn't because I was trying to watch what's on the screen. I love it. So, <laughs> yeah, this has been so good. So before I let you go, please tell the people how they can connect with you. All right. So the best way is probably through my website. Um, Bus Not Broken is on there. Again, that's pre-sale starts tomorrow. 
Um, and it's www.innerullc.com. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> I'm the same way, child. So that's I-N-N-E-R-Y-O-U-L-L-C.com. Okay. Yes, I love so it. Please go on the, the workbook will be on there as well. Um, hopefully again, that's going to be out by next week. So it should be up there by the time this airs. Um, on Facebook and Instagram, I'm at NRU Clinical Services LLC. Okay. So please like, follow. Um, and also, I have a NRU Self Care private Facebook group Love for it. women. Um, so we have a chat like this week. We're going to do a challenge, uh, letting go challenge starting this week. Um, where it. every day we're going to do an activity related around letting go of a negative thought of ourselves. So I try to do little challenges um, also because this month is Black History Month. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm posting a quote from a famous Black woman that's inspiring or empowering. So if you're a woman, please feel free to jump into the inner you self-care group as well. I love it. Get those, those self-care tips. Yes, because I'm in the group, y'all. So y'all need to be in the group because it'd be so good. I'd be like, oh, wait, I didn't think about that. Let me add that to my self-care regimen. <laughs> and I try to do on Fridays. By Instagram, I do a lot more on there than I do on Facebook. But um, I try to do every Friday a, at least a self-care tip on my Facebook page as well. Yeah. So and then my regular Facebook is Danielle Turner LCSW. So I love it. Feel, feel free to follow me. Yes. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming to the Hate Queen Thrive. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing. Yes. Y'all make sure y'all connect. Y'all know what I all y'all always tell y'all. Make sure y'all follow my amazing experts. Cause listen, they dope. Like, duh. <laughs> well, we have a, a adult podcaster. So thank you. We, I we appreciate, appreciate it. You. <laughs> I appreciate it. Listen, shout out to my girl, Danielle Turner, for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, y'all make sure y'all are connecting with her. Follow her on Facebook and IG. Shoot her an email. Check out the website. Listen, she is doing amazing, amazing, amazing work. And I'm so proud of her. And I'm proud of the work she's doing in the Black and Brown community. And I'm proud of how she has taken her own journey and her own experiences and using it for the greater girls, greater good. So shout out to you, Danielle. You're amazing. You're dope. Thank you once again for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive and sharing all that you shared on this beautiful journey to healing ourselves. Listen. Woo, that was such a good conversation. So you already know the segment we're in. We are in Thriver Nuggets. And so look, I came across this amazing article by trending on trendingus.com about the nine steps to starting your healing journey. Um, and I chose to pick the, the top eight because they were so really, they were really, really good. And so let's just get into it. So the first step that one should take to start their healing journey is you are hurting, accept it. So you would, you would have already taken the first step towards healing if you have acknowledged and accepted the fact that you're hurting. The irony of emotional of an emotional struggle is that most of us are unaware of its of its existence. Others refuse to accept that they're going through one. So Nathaniel Brandon said, "The first step towards change is awareness. The second step is acceptance." So wherever you are wherever time of day you're listening to this episode, if you are hurting, if you are in some type of emotional struggle right now, I need you, I need you, I need you to acknowledge it and I need you to accept it, okay? That's what I need you to do. That's what your girl Leah M. Forney needs you to do, okay? Because that's the only way change is going to begin. I'll tell you from my own personal experience, when I was on that healing journey back in 2021, I had to acknowledge where I was. I had to accept where I was and I had to accept the crap that came with it, even though I didn't want to, right? But it was the start of me going on this healing journey, okay? Number two, explore yourself. So the word explore has different meanings and techniques to go about it. Once you have taken the first step towards healing, it is time to take a leap of faith, faith in yourself, whom do you trust? Someone who you know inside and out and the one who is confident of himself. 
be that person. To do so, you will need to explore and know yourself better. Which of which all these things trigger your emotions? What makes you happy? What do you adore? What do you auber? Your wants, your wishes, your wounds, and your scars. Speak to yourself about them. If you want, you can even write them down. This will help you reconcile and declutter your mind. Listen, I think that is so so good and so powerful. One of the things that I had to do while I was on my healing journey was journal. First of all, I'm an avid journaler anyway. Anybody that knows me knows that's all Leah does is journal, right? I have like seven, six or seven journals. Don't judge me. Um, But I'm always buying a journal, right? And journaling is really, really great um, because it helps me to explore, right? It really helps me to figure out who Leah is today? What is it that she's desiring today? What is it that she wants today, right? It helps me to really put a visualization to what really brings me joy and peace and fulfillment, right? What really makes me happy? Um, And seeing it on paper, right? It's something about visualization for me that helped me on my own healing journey. So I would tell you that wherever you are on your journey, definitely have a journal, definitely have paper and pen and just allow your inner thoughts, your, your inner being, your soul, right. To just allow you to write whatever comes up. Right. And then explore that, like really explore it. Um, so yeah, get your journal. Number three, time to drop the baggage and move on. In the above point, we talk about exploring yourself. It's about time to drop the baggage of your past and get to know yourself better. Face the clutter in your mind, accept what you can and let go of the rest. Make room for more affirmations and manifestations from the changed and better version of yourself. We keep reliving our worst phases and past in our head all the time. How long will you traumatize yourself for the same incident? Let's cry for one last time feel the pain one last time and then move on with experience for fu- for the future assure yourself that a great time is waiting for you man listen let's talk about this baggage thing real quick your girl had a whole lot of baggage whole lot of baggage honey 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 we, we talking mommy issues daddy issues uh childhood trauma adverse childhood experiences uh, situations that I put myself in, domestic violence, homelessness. Like I had a whole lot of baggage, whole lot of baggage. Um, but what helped me in my own journey was that once I recognized it, once I identified my baggage, what I had to do was make a choice. And the choice that I made was that I was going to wake up every day expecting God's best. Cause here's the thing I have learned about trauma in my own experience, right? When you have been saturated in trauma, so if you know my backstory, you know from the womb, I was saturated in trauma. I was born what they used to call back in the 80s, a crack baby, right? I was born addicted to crack cocaine. So from the womb, I was set up, right? And so what happened is that I lived the first 30 some years of my life always expecting the worst to happen to me, right? So I never allowed myself to expect the best. I never allowed myself to get um, too excited about anything, right? Like I lived my life always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so what I had to learn was that one, the other shoe ain't never gonna drop. (laughs) That's one. But then two, the other thing that I had to learn was that if I have already survived and thrived through the worst, right? Hear me, y'all then what would happen if I started expecting God's best? And so literally every single day from the moment I made that choice and that decision, I woke up and I said out loud and I said it to God. I said, God, I am expecting your best today. I don't know how it's going to come. I don't know who it's going to come through, but I am expecting it. And honey, when I tell you that shifted some things for me, good God almighty, that shifted some things for me. And so while you're going through this phase of like figuring out your baggage and then letting it go, start expecting God's best for your life. Stop, stop living in that place and space of the worst that's going to happen. Listen, you didn't already survive it, boo. You didn't survive it. You didn't thrive it. Look, you didn't flip that thing 50 million times. You didn't make that narrative sound real good. Right. Let's do away with that. Let's let's because God's doing a new thing. I just believe that for somebody. God is doing a new thing. 
And you can't, what's the saying in the Bible? You can't pour new wine in the old wineskins, right? Like he's doing something new. He's not even in that place and space that you're in anymore. So I'm gonna need you to get up out of that. Hello, somebody, right? And step into the newness of what God is calling you to do. I'm just saying. All right, number four, cut out toxic connections and relationships. Uh, A critical phase is momentary, but toxic relationships make life uh, permanently terrible, right? Some connections might be the cause of the bliss in your life, but they can also pave a path of some of the permanent damages in the long run. So identify toxic connections in your life and learn to handle or distance your emotions from them. Be firm and persistent in keeping them away as cutting ties is often a long driven process. If such persons are in the habit of disrespecting your boundaries, they will resist, but you must keep pushing them back. Use the time you have away from the unhealthy relationship for a mental flaws. Use it to Use it to build a positive mindset and gain company that uplifts you and resonates with your aspirations. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. (laughs) Them toxic relationships, them toxic situationships, gotta go. I tell y'all no lie. So while I was on my health, my healing journey back in 2021, I had to reevaluate my circle. Um, And I will tell you from... March 2021, all the way to like December 2021, I had to let some people go. Um, I had to have some hard conversations. Literally, when I, the top of 2021, God said to me, 2021 is the year of hard conversations. And baby, who we? He didn't lie. Cause there were some conversations that I had to have with some people, family included, right? That hurt me, <laughs> that damaged me, that broke me. And and because I never said anything, right, I, I let them believe that it was okay. And God literally was like, Mm-mm, this is the year that you finally open up, a, up, open up that mouth and you tell them, this is what you have done. This is what I'm not tolerating. Let me tell you something, y'all. When I had those conversations, as hard as it was, and trust me, it was hard. I promise you, I cried through each and every one of them. Where the freedom came, was that there was no longer expectations surrounding these people, right? So it became one of those, yo, if we talk, we talk. If we don't, we don't. Like, I'm good. Because the boundaries was now put in place, and they understood where I stood. They was they were in a place of, all right, well, Leah ain't really rocking with me. Cool. And, th- and let me just say this before I go into number five. There's nothing wrong with cutting off people and know that just because you cut somebody off don't mean you don't love them. Like I still love each and every last one of those people I had to have those conversations with. But what it means is I love me more and I'm choosing me and I'm choosing my sanity and my peace and my joy. That's what it means. So cut them toxic situationships, relationships, connections, all of like they got to go in 2022 because you need to be good and you can't be good as long as you are attaching yourself or have had attached to you these goddamn leeches. Let them go. They sucking you dry, girl. They sucking you dry, bro. They sucking you dry. Let them go. I'm just saying. All right. Number five, (laughs) start loving yourself. If we ask you to list down the people you love the most, how long would it take you to write your name? Or do you even fall in that list? Well, if you don't, you should. Prioritizing yourself and your happiness must not be mistaken for selfishness. Self-love is all about having a healthy self-esteem and not ego and conceit. Self-love can be your best friend who stands by you and reaffirms your faith in yourself through the tough times. Instead of finding happiness in another person, let that person be you. When you love yourself, you surround yourself with an energy that no one can take from you. Honey. (laughs) Woo. Let me tell you something. Leah Michelle Forney. Yeah, I just gave y'all my whole government. Um, She loves her some her, man. I never thought I'd get to that place where I truly love the woman I see every freaking day. I mean, love her. Like, head over heels, madly in love with her. Like, I tell people all the time, one of the things that God had me doing um, 
while I was on my self-love journey and my and my healing journey was to really stand in the mirror, like stand in the mirror in all my glory and <laughs> all my nakedness and and literally identify everything about what I saw that I loved. Because let me tell you something what happened, especially us ladies. <laughs> we can stand in the mirror butt ass naked, but guess what we're gonna start doing? We're gonna start tearing ourselves down. We're going to start telling ourselves everything that's wrong with us, how we got, you know, back fat. We got this, we got that. Like, we'll start doing that. And so the challenge for me was, can you look that woman in the face, in that mirror, and tell her how much you love her? Can you look that woman in the mirror and, and affirm her? And when I did that, baby, the confidence, <laughs> that boosted the self-esteem that boosted like I every morning, every morning. Listen, there's one song that I play every morning to start my day. And that is good morning. Gorgeous by Mary J. Blige. Shout out to Mary J. Blige, right? Literally stand there, butt ass naked. And that song plays. And I say it to myself, good morning, gorgeous. It's the first time in my life, y'all, that I've never had to look at myself in the mirror and be disgusted by what I saw. But like, I love the curves. I love the fact that I got this little bottom belly. I love my little back fat. Like, I love it. But that came with this healing journey. So once I dealt with the emotional stuff and the, and the emotional struggle and the emotional way, then came the self-love. So man, practice some self-love all of 2022. Know that you are deserving. Know that you're worthy. And, and I'll say this before I, I go on to the next one. One of the things that I did for my birthday this year that I had never done, I sent myself some flowers. And guess what I put on a card to myself? Happy birthday, gorgeous. May this year be full of love and laughter and peace and all of your heart's desires because you are worthy and you are deserving. I sent that to myself. That's what it takes. When you are healing, man, listen, I always say it, healing, healed people do see differently, do differently, and hear differently. When you are healing, you will start to do things for you that you never thought you would do. Take it from somebody who's been on this journey, y'all. Take it from somebody who has been on this journey. All right. Number six, <laughs> shift in priorities. Have you ever regretted saying no? Most of us are unable to gather the courage to say no or regret doing it when we do. It is because we're prioritizing others above ourselves. But why do we do so? prioritizing yourself doesn't mean hurting someone or loving them less. It simply means that you love yourself more and keep yourself above them. If you practice this with no regrets, you will be way ahead in the journey of healing. So Frank Sonnenberg said, make, make your priorities a priority. Know what matters most to you and be unwilling to compromise those priorities at almost any cost. You come first, man. One thing I learned on my healing journey, <laughs> you come first. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And I know y'all know this because we say it all the time. But what I had to do was I had to stop walking around saying these cliches and not live it. So guess what? Guess what self-love look like, self-care look like? Leah puts that phone on, do not disturb. I don't Listen, I don't care what's happening in your life. <laughs> And that sounds selfish to somebody that doesn't understand the, the importance or the priority of taking care of you, right? It will sound jacked up when you tell people like, you're going to be all right. <laughs> I got to take care of me, right? My friends, my family, my tribe knows my, my beautiful saying, like, if you're dead, dying, or bleeding, call 911, don't call me, right? Because guess what that tells them? This is the boundary. I don't have the energy to deal with you today, Right? Understand something. My profession is mental health. I deal with people's issues and traumas for a living. That is my profession, right? So I have no choice but to prioritize self-care. And so do you. Let Take care of you this year so that you're good and that you're not pouring from an empty cup. All right, number seven, as we wrap up these driver nuggets, 
find a purpose. While dealing with your sufferings, we often forget the purpose and aim of our life. We must often revisit and reshuffle our own defined purpose and goals of life. Think about what you really want, not just professionally, but personally too. It has been studied and proved by psychiatrists that a sense of purpose continuously evolves humans and is associated with better mental and physical health. On the other hand, a crisis of purpose indicates isolation and lack of sense of community, which is not ideal for the human existence. Listen, 2022 purpose is a buzzword, right? Everybody's talking about purpose, right? One thing I have learned is that you are purpose. You don't need to find it. You just need to tap into it because you were created with a purpose on purpose, right? So tap into what you already have. Tap into those God-given talents and gifts and everything that's on the inside of you. And there lies your purpose. All right. (laughs) And number eight in the steps to start your healing journey, seek help. Above all, self-help, above all, above all the self-help steps um, will only show positive results if you are mentally ready for for them. If the ideas seem overwhelming, there's nothing wrong with seeking help. Talk to your near and dear, dear ones. And feel free to do so. Talk, take counseling if you need to to heal your soul. A professional mental health expert or psychotherapist will know what's the best plan for you, and they can help you find what you couldn't and resolve the conflicts within you. So listen, above all, get on somebody's couch. And for all my beautiful Christians that may be tuning in to this episode, you can have the cross and the couch. You don't have to choose. So while you have your relationship with God, be wise enough to know when it's time to go sit on somebody's couch. All right, y'all. And this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another Power Pack expert. I love each and every one of you guys. Please stay safe out there. And I will talk to you guys soon. Peace and blessings.